Hi there. Welcome to the Mentoring Club podcast. In this podcast series, you are listening to pairs of mentors who were put together randomly. They all joined the Mentoring Club to share their experiences and insights in one-on-one -on -one sessions. But now, with this podcast, we are widening our spectrum to allow more people to learn and grow. The topics and discussions you will be listening to are as diverse as these pairs. In case you want to know more or meet one of our mentors, visit mentoring-club.com. And now, lean back and enjoy the talk. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mentoring Club's Insight Podcast. I'm Salome, and I'm speaking to you from snowy Copenhagen in Denmark. And uh, with me is Michael O'Rourke, based in sunny Cape Town, South Africa. Are you with Hi us, Michael? Everyone. <laughs> Hi. Uh, we are super excited to be here and uh, also to be here together. And we are talking about authentic and mindful leadership. And our topic of leadership today isn't solely around being a leader or a manager by title. It's very much geared towards self-leadership. And we are talking about this topic for two main reasons. The first one being mental health and how becoming more authentic and mindful is a path towards greater well-being. And the second is because in these times of uncertainty and insecurity, the world really is even more in need of leadership that inspires trust, confidence, and we believe that authenticity and mindfulness, which in essence starts with courage and self-awareness, is the first step towards positive impact. So uh, we're really excited about this topic and sharing with you some of our thoughts and perspectives that we believe are not only fundamental, but also really empowering. So um, before we uh, introduce ourselves, we'll just give you a quick introduction to what we'll be going through today. We'll just dive into the big why of this topic, and we'll discuss some of the principles of authentic and mindful leadership, and then we will make it super concrete for you and actionable and give you a few tips on how you can start embarking on that journey. So uh, let's get started. We just want to introduce ourselves first. I would love to uh, have Michael start off from uh, the mountains and the sea and tell us a little bit more about you, your leadership journey, and the role that mindfulness plays in that today. Thank you, Salome. Um, yes, yeah, so I was uh, in corporate for nearly 30 years, and uh, in that time, I held various positions For probably the period of about 10 years, I was chief information officer of a large multinational company, and in addition, did many other roles, primarily in the project space. So directed large programs, business change programs, systems implementation programs. So obviously that came with quite a bit of stress. The, the environment was all deadline-driven and keeping the program on track which meant late nights and, uh, yeah, the environment that, that we used to in projects is, is getting it over the line on time, on budget, and doing whatever it takes to achieve that. Um, mm -hmm. Although that for me wasn't really um, an issue in that I was used to that environment and I enjoyed the, the, the excitement of project life. 
there came a time, probably the last nine years of my career, where I felt like I had something more to offer. Um, and not just in the corporate space, there was a deep uh, calling within me to to explore a sense of purpose that was perhaps outside of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So that started with me looking deep inside and saying, what is this calling? What have I got to offer? And I pretty much started to ostracize myself, keep myself out of the social environment and went on a on a self-reflection journey. This journey, I did not know at the time, actually went on for about two years of quite intense inner observation. And in that time, I realized that what I was actually doing was doing myself a justice by becoming more self-aware, understanding my thoughts, my emotions, my behaviors. And ultimately, it was a process of self-healing. I came out of that two-year process not really knowing any more about this sense of purpose, but I felt completely that I was on the right track in terms of my personal journey. So I knew that it had something to do with offering that self-development, that self-healing, that self-awareness to others. And, and, and I w- was looking for a way to provide that to others so that they could also experience the transformation that I went through. During that time, I came across yoga, and it was a it was a really um, by chance uh, opportunity for me to encounter yoga, and yoga became part of my life, my daily practice. It was the vehicle that I needed to be able to go within and deepen my self awareness and understand the the light and the dark, the good and the bad, but but be comfortable with what I was seeing and observing within myself, even though there were many aspects of myself that made me really feel uneasy and and question, wow, is that really who I am? Do I really behave like that? The process of yoga and meditation, which are subsets of mindfulness practice, enabled me to work through that and not pull away every time I felt uncomfortable. So that journey I went on allowed me to become more um, authentic, become more my own true self rather than a conditioned self. And then being in the corporate world still then, so I hadn't left the corporate world, I was starting to notice how there were many things lacking in the corporate world in terms of uh, mental health awareness people that potentially were not yet at the point where I was, that were were still running on autopilot, were not aware of the fact that some of their behaviors, some of their emotions could be impacting others. So I became more and more aware of, of the world that I was operating in and the need for, for some way of people becoming more in tune with themselves so that they could be healthier, number one, but also 
so that they can interact with other people in a way that was more constructive, left the other people feeling intact and not um, feeling like they were uh, perhaps exploited and not feeling worthy. So those were my initial observations after I had gone through that initial deepening of self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Michael, for sharing that. You really have a quite an inspiring story that I think will inspire others as well. And when you're also talking about the fact that parts of that journey wasn't necessarily easy, um, I think we'll, we'll get back to that because I think that that's key as well in terms of understanding that uh, this path isn't necessarily the easiest one, but it's definitely very rewarding. Um, so thank you very much. And we'll go a little bit deeper into some of some of the things that you've talked about um, when we talk about some of the principles of authentic and mindful leadership. To give you a quick introduction of myself as well, so my name is uh, Salome Trombach, and I'm based in, uh, in Copenhagen in Denmark. So we are really, Michael and I, uh, split right now in terms of where we are, lo where we are located and uh, super grateful to have met him actually through the Mentoring Club. I um, have been working in the uh, startup world for the past four years. Um, I recently went ahead and uh, became uh, a leadership coach, but until then I was working in the startup, uh, startup world, both in China and in, uh, in Denmark. And I really got to uh, live and experience leadership from a, from a startup perspective and from an international perspective, which has been really fascinating. My uh, passion for leadership started at a very young age. I was uh, lucky enough to go and, uh, and work in a leadership role uh, from the time that I was 19 uh, in an organization that some people might uh, recognize called Isaac. And it really set the foundation for, for my passion towards the topic. And I ended up going down the, uh, the international business route. Um, and ended up working in a lot of different countries, uh, such as Australia and Ghana, Mexico and China. And all of that really created an understanding for business, but leadership from a completely different, from all these different perspective, um, perspectives, which has been uh, quite inspiring. And I think it's really realizing the last couple of years, understanding the impact that leadership actually has on others that has made me fascinated around the topic and wanted to work with it full time. And I, I will talk about that a little bit more in detail a bit further on, but it's really um, one particular experience that I had in my last leadership role and doing a, a program, uh, a leadership program on authenticity that really just kind of shaked everything in me and, uh, and made me realize that this path really is um, really is the way forward in order to have greater uh, well-being and positive impact. But what we wanted to do uh, before we move forward, or actually in order to move forward, was to talk to you a little bit about the big why. So we mentioned at the beginning that it's really about this aspect of greater well-being, but also in terms of positive impact on others. And that's kind of what authenticity and mindfulness can bring to you. So I'd love, Michael, if you could share a little bit about how it is that you see that mindfulness, if you can deepen a little bit some of the things you talked about, um, how it contributes to greater well-being and how it contributes to mental health and why it's important right now. 
Sure. And thank you for your uh, sharing of your journey. It sounds like you um, have had a, a really interesting journey through the various countries and the different types of roles you've played. So thank you for sharing that. Um, for me, the the real key starting point is to is to understand that an organization is really just a grouping of individuals, right? So, so like I went through a journey of trying to understand who I was, why I had potentially deviated from my true self, what all the conditioning that I had um, taken on, understanding which behaviors were good for me and which were not and which were harmful to others, that process that I went through, every individual in an organization comes with their story, with their experiences. The reality is that many of those individuals have not yet taken a journey where they understand their traits, their patterns, their thoughts, their biases perhaps, understand them sufficiently to be able to check them if necessary, understand them sufficiently to adjust when they realize that those patterns impact others. So it's it's about saying, well, actually any grouping such as a corporate or a startup or a social club or a sports club are just individuals that arrive collectively for some common goal, but they are individuals with all that comes with them. So for me, it's about providing an opportunity and providing an environment for individuals to get to understand themselves better. And when I say individuals, so we're talking about from leadership all the way down. So if there's an environment that encourages self-reflection, if there's an environment that that removes the stigmas around being open about mental health struggles, being open about feeling overwhelmed, where there's an environment where um, burnout is is a topic that is discussed and there are measures put in place to prevent it. So, so we're looking for an environment where people are, are safe enough to take themselves into a deeper level of awareness. And through that process, they are able to improve their own well-being by noticing the the emotions that are stuck in their body, finding ways to release that, noticing behaviors that are destructive in terms of their own um, limiting beliefs and how that impacts their, their uh, ability to, to function as well as how it impacts others. So these individuals now are encouraged to, to, to work through those. Ultimately, what we see happening is the, the awareness starts to translate into people feeling less overwhelmed, less stressed, 
and the, they feel a relief from this burden that most of us carry because we've moved so far away from our true selves. The conditioning that we have has completely taken over and we operate within this conditioned self, which is so far away from our true selves. So that process of transformation leads to individuals feeling a lot more at ease and able to function with um, with less stress. Mm. And if we're incorporating that mindset right at the top in terms of the leadership, then we have got a an environment where the leaders themselves are, are modeling that behavior, talking about their own struggles, talking about the need for self-care, talking about the need for work-life balance. And that only comes through the process of, of an intention to become more self-aware. So I think that's the starting point, is that it's individuals with all their experiences, with their traumas and, um, and struggles, with perhaps anxiety, depression, all of those things are, are now finding them way, their way into, into a, um, a workspace environment. And just because it is a workspace environment, those challenges, those issues, those conditions don't magically disappear. Mm. So, so that is really, I think, just to, to get the point across, it's about starting with we are individuals within a work environment that if we are not practicing self-awareness, we don't know how our behaviors, our actions, our traits, our patterns, we don't know how they're affecting others. We also don't really have a feel for our own sense of well-being because we're just going through the motions every day. So it's about slowing down and starting to be aware and from there maybe taking steps to adjust uh, for, the, for, for, our, for, the, you know, for our improved well-being and for that of others. Yeah, I think you really synthesized really well the the two main points that we really wanted to get across today, which is around having this greater well-being uh, and focusing on our own mental health. And especially when we talk about being in, in these organizations, whether it is as simple as our family units, but just as much a huge corporate entity that being able to start with the self, you then create a, a, a deeper positive impact. Um, thank you very much for, for sharing all of that. We wanted to, for the sake of making it really clear, really talk to you a little bit about what it is that um, authentic leadership really is and what it is that mindful leadership really is. And we, we've it's, it's really a balance between, between the two. And at the same time, mindfulness in many ways is, is really a, a tool towards authenticity. So if we talk about authentic leadership, um, in essence, it's, it's, it's basically going back to, to what you said, Michael. I mean, it's about curiosity around the self and really about the courage to go on that journey of self-discovery because we know it's not necessarily an easy one. Um, it's about understanding who we really are, 
and incorporating that into our professional spheres. So really bridging our personal and professional selves and being one whole person, because that's who we are. I think really in, in the modern world and, and actually in, in many other places around the world, we, we've had to kind of learn to separate ourselves and be almost somebody completely different in a professional sphere. And that isn't very sustainable. Mm. So there are several parts or steps along the journey of becoming more authentic. And you can kind of, you can refer to them as principles or however you want to refer to them as, but you can kind of visualize them as a circle of life a little bit. And they, they really start with this aspect of becoming self-aware. Um, and then there is an aspect called vulnerability. Um, there's an aspect called confidence, presence, communication, connection and decision-making. And so all of these are really linked to one another because when it comes to self-awareness, it's really about um, what Michael mentioned in terms of understanding our behaviors, our traits, our triggers, our biases, our strengths, our limitations, you know, everything that, that really, uh, that, that integrates us as, as beings and vulnerability is really about courage. It's about courage to, um, be willing to, to share and be transparent with others. And by becoming more vulnerable, you actually increase your own self-confidence because you no longer sit with it alone by yourself. You share it with others. And it gives you an opportunity to be more confident about who you are and be okay with your own values and your own principles. Being going through that process, you then have this huge part, which is presence and also communication, because as you have become more vulnerable and you've become more confident, you are able to dare to engage in meaningful and tough conversations, to give and receive feedback, to be fully present and listen with intent. So really being willing to, to understand the impact of our self-awareness. So understanding how is it that my behaviors, my ways of being, my, my, my biases, the way I think in general, how does it impact others? You know, the actions that I take, the decisions that I make. Um, and, and all of that leads to stronger connection and it leads to people around you feeling trust. And that, of course, when it comes to leadership is super important because we really want to inspire trust from the people that we lead, from the people around us. And whether you are in an official leadership position or you're not, because leadership is also very much about influence and the value that you bring. So this whole circle of life in many ways, this, this journey isn't uh, necessarily easy. And also from... From, from what you were saying, Michael, I mean, for you, it also took you, uh, you know, there was, there was a period of time where you really like almost excluded yourself from society and went on this journey of, of, of deepening your understanding of yourself. And, and it can be done in many different ways, but it's, it's not easy. It, it's hard to be willing to go there, but the impact is, is, is really, um, is really incredible. And, and the outcome is really worth it. Um, it really does drive uh, more effective and empowering leadership. And I think that if I can share one, you know, personal story with, with everyone here is that for me, it happened, I think it was around two years ago that that journey really clicked for me. I was working in a leadership role in a startup in Copenhagen and um, 
I was extremely happy. I mean, I really thought that I was at the top of my game and I was, I, I had been hired um, from China to move to Denmark to create a team, to lead and build this, this team. And um, it was really amazing. And then as most people who work in startups know, startups, the startup world is, you know, sometimes chaotic. There's a lot going on and you need to adjust you know, the reins and you need to, to go into different directions or change focus. And so we, after a year of me being there, we needed to do that, which meant um, uh, just a restructuring. And it meant that I was actually going to lose the team that I had built. And it was very painful for me, but at the time I didn't focus on it. I focused on everybody else's well-being, and I didn't really think about myself uh, and I didn't really think about what was actually going on for, for me. And at the time I thought that was the way to do it. I then went ahead to where I took this really intense leadership program in the United States um, around authentic leadership in particular. And it's only when I was there being surrounded by other leaders from around the world who were really um, good at kind of getting to the core of the matter. And that's when I kind of realized when I was there, the impact it actually had on me um, because I took so much time and effort to really go deep into myself and understand how has this actually impacted me. And, and it really made me realize that um, I hadn't really been self-aware. I hadn't really understood what was going on, how it made me react, the impact it actually did have on others, because I couldn't see it um, fully. I only saw it from a very small perspective. And so that changed everything. It changed absolutely everything for me. It made me so much more um, honest about who I was. It made me much more authentic. It made me much more able to communicate what was actually happening, you know, in a mindful way. But um, it really, it really drove that passion even more to to want to empower others to be able to to do the same. Um, yeah, Michael, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, this? process within that circle when we talk about, you know, the self-awareness and, and mindfulness being being a tool for, for greater authenticity. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and your experience is, is what got me to thinking about the word empathy and, mm. um, and what, we, what we get taught in the mindfulness world is is when you start to become self-aware, when you start your journey, we always set an intention of no judgment. And even though we set that intention, intention, it's pretty hard to not judge. So when you observe a behavior or thought or emotion or a trait or a bias, and you think, oh, my word, I, I really didn't know that that was me, and I didn't know that I had that impact on others, or I didn't know that I was... I was harming myself in certain behaviors. So we set an intention to not judge. And over time, as we practice mindfulness, as we commit to this journey of self-awareness, we start to get the hang of it. So we start to judge ourselves less. And what that translates into is self-compassion and empathy for our life experience. Many of our traits and behaviors are as a result of a, of a whole lifetime of experiences. So, so that we need to use to be able to say, okay, there is this trait, there is this way of being, but there is reason for it as well. So don't be too hard on yourself. 
And even though we may feel that some of these um, traits and behaviors need adjustment because they are doing ourselves harm or others, we do it with compassion and we learn to be gentle with ourselves as we transform. What that does is naturally, organically, without even us knowing, we start to become more compassionate for others. Our empathy levels for others increases. So, So what you find is that you experience interactions differently. Your relationships become more meaningful because you are aware of the other. Your thoughts go to a place of what is the other experiencing in this interaction? So if you took that, that simple way of being, the the improved compassion for yourself, which spills over to others, and then you take that into an organization, very quickly it starts to become a value system. And if leadership are able to demonstrate this, we can start seeing levels of compassion and empathy start to infiltrate into the organization. And a little way that I like to um, measure that in myself is if I'm engaging with somebody, so I'm having a meeting perhaps, or I've, um, I need to impart um, instructions to somebody, so I need you to do this for me, I always check at the end of the conversation, as we are saying our goodbyes, whatever the gesture is that says, now this engagement is now over. So thank you for that meeting. Have a nice day or goodbye. See you later. At the moment I do that, I say to myself, how do I feel from the interaction? Was I felt, did I leave the interaction feeling heard? Did I feel intact? Did I feel uncomfortable anyway? And then I also take that same question to the other. And I say to myself, what do I think the other person felt? Did they feel heard? Did they feel intact? Did they feel worthy of the conversation? So I use that um, that checkpoint uh, to measure how I felt the interaction went from uh, empathy and compassion and and um, being in the present moment, being truly mindful of of the the other as well as myself in that interaction. And if there was anything that came up for me, I will remember that for the next interaction. And 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 you then slowly over time you start to allow the practice of mindfulness to improve many aspects of your of your life, um, whether that be at at a place of work or at home with your your family and your friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. You're really sharing something that you that is very concrete uh, that you can do to really increase your your awareness um, and and this compassion that you're talking about, both for yourself but also for for others when you're having these particular interactions. Um, I think it could be really interesting for us to, as we mentioned in the beginning, we wanted to 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 make it really concrete for everybody 
that's listening in to say, okay, how can you start this journey of self-awareness, of becoming more authentic and more mindful? Because it doesn't have to be that complicated. Everybody will have extremely different paths, different different uh, journeys that they go on. Um, but it is possible to incorporate it even into a very busy uh, day. And I think you'll agree with me, Michael, that the way the world looks right now, we are almost at an advantage in the sense that we have a bit more time, you know, sitting at home, mm. have a bit more maybe calm around us in some way um, to potentially start doing some of these practices that, that will, that will recommend um, to, to, to start this journey uh, to just take that first step. Cause that's really all that you need to do. You just, you can just take that first step and start to realize a few things about yourself You've mentioned, Michael, that, um, you know, you're doing this when, when you're having interaction with others. What would be something else that um, you would say that you could recommend for, for people that are listening in as a first step or the two first steps that they could do to become more authentic, more mindful? Mm. So, so um, I think that that's a good point because many people will hear the word mindfulness and immediately go to a place of, it's it's about meditation and I don't think that I could do meditation. And mindfulness is not meditation. Meditation is just one small mm-hmm. aspect and, a, and and doesn't necessarily have to be part of your mindfulness journey. So so what I what I like to recommend uh, for people that are starting a mindfulness journey and, and wanting to just practice improving their ability to become more aware. So I'm leaving the word self out, just more aware in general. So, for example, if you want to go for a walk, Mm -hmm. many people will go for that walk, take their whole day with them on that walk, take tomorrow's day with them on their walk, take all their challenges that kids' school issues and homeschooling challenges, take it all with them on the walk, right? Um, And they'll come back from that walk not feeling any lighter, not feeling any less stressed than when they started. So a simple little exercise I like people to to try is is you, you... Set an intention at the start of the walk and say, I'm going to try my best. There's never a complete, it's, it's not an exact science and, it, and we, we need to be careful of setting, setting our expectations too high. So setting intention to say, I'm going to try on this walk to observe the detail along the way. And whether that be noticing the clouds, noticing different trees, trying to look, observe the environment say, well, I never saw that before. Uh, listen for sounds. I always like to listen to the sounds of perhaps the wind blowing through the trees or trying to listen out for birds. Or, But just paying attention to detail. And when you do that, what you're doing is just increasing your skill of being aware. And you are now taking your focus to the crack in the sidewalk. You're taking your focus to somebody that walked past you and noticing their smile as opposed to walking and focusing on 
on the to-do list or the, the worries of tomorrow. So not only are you going to get back from the walk feeling less stressed, so you have managed to to uh, do a bit of self-care in that process because you've let go of some of the stress because your mind was elsewhere, but you have started to slowly increase your skill set, and it is a skill set of, of awareness. So that's a, just a starting exercise. And whether it, it can be a walk or it could be something else if you can't be outside, whatever you're doing, just try and notice the detail. If you're cooking, if you're um, uh, gardening or whatever it is, be aware of the small details. Take your mind there. Be intrigued. Be curious about what you're seeing. And, and, and in that observation, you are improving your skill set. So that's the one um, trick that I encourage people to do. The other, in terms of the workplace specifically, is setting your, um, your phone or your laptop to, to remind you every hour to take a pause. And in fact, what I like to suggest is, is you build into your calendar a 15-minute break on the hour every hour, right? And a lot of people think, well, that's not possible because my day is so busy. It is possible because you, because the other spin-off benefit is that you, you by default, you, your maximum meeting time is 45 minutes, which is a good thing. People are in meetings too long. So, so set, set a pause on the hour every hour, and then you block out 15 minutes. You're only going to take about five minutes in terms of a mindfulness practice, and that is just simply to pause for five minutes and observe your breath. So you can be sitting at your desk, you can be walking, you can take a breather and walk outside, but just listening out for your breath, noticing your breath for five minutes, and then you've still got another 10 minutes to slowly find your way back to whatever you're doing. But block that time out. And over a few weeks, you'll realize how grateful you are for that time, for that pause. And at the same time, you are introducing this mindfulness practice of observing your breath. It's probably one of the most effective ways to enhance your ability to become more self-aware is by just connecting with your breath, listening to your breath. Notice how your body expands on the inhale and contracts on the exhale. And that's it. That's all you need to do in terms of a mindfulness practice. Mm. So those are the two, the first sort of call it introductory um, practices that I always uh, recommend for people that are starting out. Yeah, that's really good. Um, that's really, really good. I think for some, it's really about, yeah, you pick pick one if it's too hard to do both. I mean, really just something that you can dedicate yourself to and say, okay, I'm really going to do this and I'm going to try it out and see how it impacts me. For um, what I would recommend, and this is specifically for 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 leaders in particular, it works. I mean, this works for everybody, but uh, in terms of the impact you can have as a leader, I would really recommend thinking about the conversations that you're having. So really taking a moment when you're having, for instance, your one-to-ones with your team, really thinking about how can you make the conversation a little bit more mindful and a little bit more courageous. So 
when you are discussing with somebody and you're actually interested in just knowing how they're doing. So bringing in that curiosity around how are you actually doing? What's actually going on for you? Really taking a step back away from the work, away from, you know, everything that's professional, but trying to connect with that individual that you're sitting with. And the main advice I would give in order to do that is to share first, to be a little bit vulnerable about how it is that you are doing. Um, really just taking a moment to say, you know, we're both human beings here. We're both, you know, working hard. We both have our own lives beside work. We both have a lot that's going on. And sometimes it's just really nice to connect as two human beings sitting there and saying, you know, this is what's been going on for me this week. You don't have to share all personal details, but you can say, you know, I've had some ups and downs. Um, and I'm just really curious to hear how you're doing. Tell me a little bit more. The second you share a tiny bit about yourself is the second that people start to trust you more and start to want to open up to you more. And so I really do um, recommend for anybody to just try and have those conversations that are just a little bit more, a little bit more courageous, a little bit more mindful. And I think that you will see that the connection that you'll, you'll have with this person will, will, will really improve. So that would be, that would be my, um, my recommendation and my first step, but hopefully we'll be able to share some more, um, in another, in another, another, on another platform, hopefully, Michael. Yeah. So um, I think that's a wonderful. Sorry. (laughs) I said, that's a wonderful, it is what you said there was wonderful because it's giving, it's giving permission to the other person, uh, to also, um, feel that it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. So you're showing your vulnerability, vulnerability, and that's giving them permission to to also uh, feel human in that interaction rather than just a, um, an employee. Yeah, and you can start at home, you know, start with your loved one or somebody, you know, in your family, a friend, just to test it out and see how you feel doing it. Um, if it's yeah. too, if it seems like too much to start with, you know, with a team member, if it's something that is very far away from something you're usually doing. But but I think it's a, it's a great place to start. Michael, it's been such a pleasure to, um, to do this with you, um, you know, from, from across the globe, <laughs> both of us sitting here. I'm looking at the snow and I'm assuming that you're looking at the sun. <laughs> I am. <laughs> um, yeah, you are. I'm so jealous. But thank you, everybody, also for tuning in uh, to, this, uh, to, this, to this podcast. We hope that you feel inspired um, to take one step towards your own journey of uh, authenticity and mindfulness. And you are more than welcome to reach out to us if you ever need more tips or more information. Thank you, Salome. It was wonderful to chat to you again. (laughs) Bye.